But when we come with God on our minds, when we come with expectation in the King of kings and the Lord of lords, to God who created this earth and all that is, that created us and gave us the opportunity and the privilege of praising and worshiping Him, and when we do so, that His great and mighty presence come and where we are, praise God, we're a blessed people this morning. Hallelujah. Good to see everybody today. As we continue to rejoice in the name of Jesus, we've once again just gathered out here in this place. Uh, I hear birds tweeting. There's a gentle breeze blowing. The sun shining. Now, the last couple of times we've been here, we've been here with threats of rain. We've been here a, a time or two where there's puddles everywhere and the sky looked grim and dark, but God provided, didn't He? He made a way. So we're back here today one more time out here in the the spans of God's open sky in this outdoor environment. And I want to uh, just enter in and, and just allow God to have full control of everything that we do here this morning. Would you join me in prayer one more time as we go to the Lord and exercise this awesome and tremendous liberty that we have together in this place to proclaim Him today. Join with me if you would. Heavenly Father, we just come today just extremely appreciative, God, and grateful and thankful, God, that we can enter this place, God, that we can come, Lord, even though there's not a roof over our head other than the roof of Your great sky, Lord, that we can come and just know and experience, God, that You're in charge of all, Lord, and that, God, You see us right here. You see every place where people are assembled, whether it be, Lord, in the outdoors as we are or uh, by necessary means, God, they, they are viewing and listening to their pastors and ministers over the technology of today and the social media, Lord, and all the things that are available. God, I just lift up Your name and proclaim You, God, as Savior. Uh, proclaim You, Lord, as great deliverer and healer and full of mercy and grace and power that You are. And we are just, God, just in celebration this morning of Your goodness and greatness as we continue in this service today, God, with all hopes and all efforts and all energy and all resources that we have brought to this place today as believers in the name of Jesus, as people that trust in God, God, just accepting wonderful glory that You've allowed us to have today. And we thank You in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. We see uh, again a world going by up and down the highway here this morning. And and uh, hopefully and prayerfully they'll take note again of this service today and, and see that people of God are still in the worship mode. We're still active in praising the Lord God Almighty. We're still upholding prayerfully and faithfully and by faith, this great nation who's still struggling. It's still struggling. It's still got problems. There's still difficulties. But it's people like you gathered in this parking lot this morning who have faith and trust in God that He's going to bring us through this thing. He's going to get us through it. And again, I know I've stated this before, we're going to be better on the other side. I believe faith is going to increase. I believe faith has already increased. I believe this process has brought us to a place in faith that maybe we've never been before. Now you can talk faith. You can say things. But when you put it into effect, 
And let me say again, it's times like this when faith really rises up. Where we really begin to understand that what we've been used to and what we have had that we don't have now and we don't have access to presently, just how much that really means. But I believe God's got a purpose for everything, even though in the midst of a calamity, He's got a purpose for us to be here this morning. He's got a purpose for you to exercise that faith that you have. He's got a purpose that that belief rise up in you and that you praise Him, that we all praise Him together. You see, there's nothing like corporate worship. There's nothing like corporate praise. And when I say corporate, I'm talking about when people get together. I'm talking about when numbers get together in an association of praise and worship to God, the magnitude and the power of who He is really comes alive. Faith really gets generated and stirs us up and we say, thank you God, you're a great and holy God. You're an awesome God that's wonderful and powerful. And God, we are just grateful today one more time together in the presence of your almightiness and your strength and power. I see your hands waving this morning. I can see through some windshields out there and I see hands up and I see smiles on faces. I can read the countenance of your joy this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to reiterate and repeat. Let me continue to say and you continue to know and tell yourself daily, more than daily, the joy of the Lord is still your strength. I think I've said that about every service we've had out here, but i say it again. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Go ahead and applaud this morning. Amen. In regards to some comments I made a moment ago uh, about the weather, uh, the threats of rain that we've had, uh, even drizzles and sometimes uh, falling moisture here in the last few weeks, even had the threat of storms, I believe, at one time. And I'm reminded, and I remind you this morning, how suddenly things can change. The weather changes suddenly. If you live in Oklahoma, the weather definitely changes suddenly, right? But the weather can change suddenly. Well, let me say this, so does life. So do circumstances. So does the world as we knew it a while ago is not the world as we know it now. Some have declared this is the new normal. And I'll get to more of that here in just a minute. But situations with the world, and so be it is the fact here today, and speaking of things suddenly changing, and I know we've been here several times already, but this is prime evidence of how change does and how change affects people and how change affects churches and believers and everybody. Change affects everybody. And this has been a sudden and drastic change in facts, certainly supporting that things that we knew back yonder are not what we're experiencing today. But praise the Lord anyhow. Anywhere we can bless God and worship His name, then so be it. It's because we don't have a building to do what we normally do in and expect things that we normally expect. We can still worship God and praise Him. He still hears us and He still sees us. And, and you know, 
I don't know. I'll just kind of elaborate a little further. Maybe more so. <laughs> Maybe more so. When people go to, to uh, extenuating efforts for extenuating circumstances, this has all been somewhat trying on all of us in the preparation of it alone and, and adjusting. And we learn from service to service. We found out this morning there are still technical difficulties that exist and there's delays and there's hindrances and, and all sorts of things. But God's still God. God's still the same. He doesn't change. Even though the events on earth can change so suddenly and so quickly, we're to be those that it doesn't shake us and it doesn't quake us and it doesn't move us out of or away from our faith in God. It strengthens it, right? It strengthens it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now we're being told, and I mentioned this earlier, that there's at least some element of return uh, from all of this and that uh, there's going to be some kind of normality ahead as, as much as normality really means. Uh... I guess uh, kind of opening things back up, and I've heard that term is going to open things back up, and some things are already being opened up. And I'm referring to businesses and and things that we're used to that we have not been able to go to or enter in the last few weeks or couple of months. That now there's kind of an opening up, at least in some states, Oklahoma being one of those. And I know there's always debate, there's always complaint. There's support, there's rejection, there's all these things. But let us not get lost in the midst of confusion. Let us not get lost in the midst of strife and all the things that, that we see going on. Let us stay our faith, hold on, anchor uh, in Jesus. All will be well. He's going to take care of us. He's faithful and His Word declares that He will do that. So, I guess in a matter of saying, we're going to get back to the flow or the flowing of things as as much as normal really is or really can be. And that presents a question this morning. Presents a question. Is there really any normal as long as the church is concerned? In reference to normal, is there a normal for the church? And when I say church, I'm talking about the people of God. I'm talking about believers. I'm talking about worshipers of the Most High. Is there really a normal? I believe that we're not careful religion. Religion can establish a normal of God. And if we just look at God as some normal, we're missing it. So, what is the normal for the church? other than the, the normal that the world itself imposes upon us. The world has a definition of normal for the church. I don't know if you know that or understand it this morning. The world's normal as they look and they see a church house or maybe they see a group of believers in a parking lot is just that. They're, they're there for something. They're there to go into a building. Uh, if they've never darkened the doors of a church, then they have no idea, but they have a normal because... That's where those Christians go on Sunday. As far as that goes, it's normal. Just a normal thing. I've said it many, many times, and I've said it, I believe, in last week's service. We're not normal. 
We're not supposed to take on some definition of normal, be it cometh by man or, or otherwise. We are creatures that God has filled us with His Spirit, which makes us anything but normal. So the question that I ask, what is really the normal for the church? And even in many religious circles, what are their definitions for normal? Folks, when we allow the worldly system and worldly ways and worldly demands to dictate to us what our normal is supposed to be and fence that and draw lines and perimeters around it to keep us hemmed up or backed in a corner. And, and let me say this morning, I'm not necessarily talking about the, uh, the social distancing and the, the closing of things this morning. That's really not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about the fences that, that this definition of normal puts around us and eventually, if we're not careful, allows us to consider ourselves as just normal folks just normal Christians, just a normal church, just normal believers. I don't believe God has a normal. I believe that our experience with God is supposed to be constantly changing, ever-changing, ever-increasing, and ever-intensifying. So that's not normal. That's not normal. That is supernatural is what that is because God, the author and finisher of our faith and the one who gives us His Spirit and blesses us with the power of it is the one who supplies us with that kind of energy and that kind of ability and that kind of not normal, but the blessing to God is what the church is supposed to be about and the believer is supposed to be about that they not be just some normal something. I say to the church as a response, even though it might be cited as a new normal, and that may very well be and it may hold into the future, but I'm not talking about earthly elements, I'm talking about spiritual elements. I'm talking about that thing which sustains us when earthly elements won't. I needed that drum roll. I told you there's a drum effect up here. I'm talking about spiritual things, not earthly things. We living in this life and being human as we are, we observe and we see what's immediately before us and those are the things that we take and that become normal. Just normal goings on, normal things, normal Sunday morning. We get up to go to a normal church service. The church should have no normal. I say no, the church should have no normal. The church should be a church that's constantly expecting something new, something different, not necessarily that we're looking for some new form of gospel that's biblically prohibited. And I warn you this morning, especially in times, and I've already seen this, that there has been things rise up that presents itself as the answer and the hope of the day. Let me tell to you and let me explain to you Watch what you're listening to because the only hope and the security we have is in Christ Jesus, the Holy Son of God, that He sent to this earth to be the Savior of mankind. So look into the Word. Look into your relationship with God. 
Evaluate your spirituality because if your spirituality is one that is connected with God, one that is true and one that is worshipful and praising of God and you declare His Word and you live by His Word and you stand on His Word and you accept nothing but His Word, then you are not normal and we're not supposed to be normal. We are different than this world that we live in even though a steady stream of it's going by right now doing other things, looking other places with no thoughts of God whatsoever. They're looking maybe to the government for their help and their hope. They're looking some other place for their help and their hope. Our help and our hope is in none other but God. And we find that in the resources and the power of His Holy Word. Amen. I find myself wondering amidst all of this pandemic stuff, I find myself wondering if maybe by His way and means amidst it all, if God has not inserted His great and mighty hand and drawn us out of our normal on purpose. On purpose. Keep in mind, as bad as it is, God always has good in the midst of Amen. the worst things. I believe some of you found that out. God's resources are beyond anything man can come up with. God's abilities are far greater than anything man's got. That's why our hope and trust has got to remain in Him. That's why our faith has got to be intact. And when I say intact, I'm talking solid. I'm talking about connected up. I'm talking about plugged in. Plugged in to the Lord with your faith. That that faith when you approach God and you access His great and mighty throne, which we've been given absolute permission to do in God's holy word, to come boldly to the throne of grace, the word says. To find that help, God. To find, find that awesome grace in times of need. And this morning, I want to talk about that normalcy of worship if there really is such a thing. In essence of that, uh, maybe God is trying to show us that it, when, when it comes to worshiping Him, there is no normal. Okay? Let that soak. When it comes to your relationship with God and you're exercising it, and when it comes to worshiping Him, there is no normal because both of those should be constantly ever-changing let me take you to some scripture this morning if you'll go with me over to the book of John roll over there I'll give you the scripture reference in just a moment but let me insert a couple of more things this morning I mentioned the world several times already but I think you probably already know it if not, you, you've not been to this church very much. And if you've been here, you haven't listened real well because it's been stated multiple times. We live in an ungodly world. We live in an ungodly world. Where the normal is ungodliness. In an ungodly world, the normal is ungodliness. In the world of the believer if you can even accept any way, shape, form, or fashion 
normal. The normality of a believer is godliness, not ungodliness. So again, we're in this world to make a difference. We all are here to, to do something. And that something is to exercise the fact, and I'm going to say it this way, that we are not normal. Our strength, our ability, everything that we have, all of our resources, all of our provisions, all of our talents, everything that we're made up of cometh from none other than God Almighty. And when it comes from Him, how can we be normal? We need to declare ourselves supernatural because we are charged with the Spirit of a holy and living God. Amen. Also in this world, we're living in a world that really knows no truth. They don't know the truth. And we know, as Christians and believers, we know that the truth is what sets us free, right? But the world knows no truth. It doesn't have any idea. It doesn't have any faintest idea also of what the Spirit of God is. It's sad. It has no concept of the truth. It has no concept of the Spirit of God. Blind and deaf to both of those. But you and I have both. If you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you've accepted by faith not only His saving grace, but His Lordship, and you've been energized by His Holy Spirit, then you're something different than you used to be. So I'm going to say it like this, you're not normal anymore. You're not normal anymore. You're something greater than normal. You are a person, a creature charged by God, inhabited by His Holy Spirit with supernatural ability and power to make a difference in this world and in this in your life. Somebody else's life. That's what we're here for in a big way. I believe it's a Scripture worth reading this morning, and I'm going to do that before we go to John. In this world that knows no truth, but speaking to a church that's supposed to know the truth, that's supposed to know the Spirit of God, and having that understanding of all power and all ability is yours from God. And because it is, that you're different. You're different. In no way should you ever declare yourself normal. And here it is. We go to the book of, of Romans. And I believe this is definitely necessary in this day that we're living in. Paul writing says this. Let me get to it. This wonderful breeze is blowing my pages every which way. Romans chapter 13, if you want to turn over there, verse 11. He says, "...and that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light." 
That makes you not normal when you cast off the works of darkness and put on the power of the light. Amen. The armor of the light. You're not normal anymore. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. What wonderful advice. We live in a world whose normal is ungodliness, whose normal is darkness, but we have that wonderful ability given by God to dress to make as a part of our spiritual wardrobe the armor of light. And I love the words, it's high time that we wake out of sleep. And I believe in all of this, again, I believe that, that God's trying to shake the church up and say, wake up, church. Wake up. There's things at hand that you need to be paying attention to. There's things at hand that you need to be observing. There's something coming in the future that you need to be seeking and looking for, and that's the coming of Jesus Christ. But right now, we got to wake up and get out of sleep. How do we do that? How do we do that? So if there's any degree of the use of the term normal pertaining to the operative of worship, do you ever think of it like that? The operative of worship. That's what the church is to be about, isn't it? Worshippers. Our operation is to be worship and praise. To enforce and to strengthen our relationship with God. To gain valuable, valuable spiritual resources from Him as we do so. The Word declares the closer we become to God, the closer He becomes to us. How do we do that? By not being normal. By not being religiously normal by not being churchy normal, by not being individual half-in and half-out Christian normal. God's not looking for normal. I'll give you some Scriptures here to enforce that. But as far as the operative of worship, I mean it before to go to the Scripture, the operative of worship of the body of Christ, the church, what is it? And what should it be? I'm going to ask you a question right here. I'm going to stop and ask you a question. Where do we go from here? What if we're allowed back in next week? What if the doors open up and they say business as usual, it's normal again? God, please don't let it be normal again. Because through this experience and through all of this happening and this pandemic and this catastrophe, things should never be normal, at least as we have known it before. It should never be normal again. I believe we've received greater ability for greater experience. We go through trials and we go through troubles and we go through tribulations and we gain from them. That's been an extended and ongoing message here for several weeks. We learn from trouble. We learn from tragedies and catastrophes. We learn from what happens. We learn from what we see, from what we observe, from, from what our perceptions are. Hopefully you have spiritual perception this morning. You can have a worldly perception or you can have a spiritual perception. 
Again, the worldly person sees nothing spiritually and hears nothing spiritually. You and I differ in that. That makes us not normal because we see spiritually and we hear spiritually. Which cometh from none other than God Himself. So where do we go from here? In John chapter 4, verse 21, Jesus is visiting with a young Sumerian lady that He's happened on to who was doing nothing but drawing water at a well. Some of you are going to recognize this immediately. And I want to ask you again before we read, and I want you to keep this on your, your mind, this question. Is there such a thing again as anything to do with God? Any visit with God? How many of you out there have visited with God before? If you pray, you're visiting with God. I should have heard horns sounding all over the place. There you go. If you pray, you're visiting with God. This, this lady was having a discussion with the Lord as He walked this earth. But if there is such a thing as normalcy of worship, then what is it? What is it? See, we define that and we are opinionated because we're humans, but we many times define that by our own opinions. Normalcy of worship. This is my normalcy. I will once in a while and most of the time I won't. Or I'll worship God when I really need something. Or I'll worship God when things get bad. And if this thing opens back up and things return at least to the world's definition of normal, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to be a once in a whileer? Everything's back good again, right? This old wicked demon, terrible virus is gone. They've exterminated it. There's no sign of it anymore, which hopefully is going to happen in the future. So therefore, the emergency is over, right? Done deal, huh? We can go back to being normal again, can't we? You know what real worship is? That's having a loving devotion to God 24-7, 365. It's not just when times are bad. It's not just in trouble. It's not just while catastrophes are going on. Even though I do applaud, I'm hearing more and more that many are surrendering to Christ through all of this. Thank God for that. But my question is past here. What are you going to do when all this is over with? I've used the word increase, intensify. I'll use expand. Make better, greater. That should be what our actions are. That should be what our endeavors are. I don't believe you can ever come to a point where you said, okay, I've arrived at the high status of worship. Man, I'm there. This is as far as I can go. Folks, there isn't any as far as you can go here on earth. Worship involves more 
than the normal church ever gets, ever believes, ever understands. We, even though we may be in this building or out of it or wherever we're at, that doesn't change the fact that we are to be worshiping God. How do we do that? How do we do that? I was working the other day out in the yard and and this word just kept coming to me, kept coming to me. Now I'll admit that I, I, I'm a little uh, desiring of vocabulary and I don't have a whole lot of big 40 mile long words with 40,000 different definitions to come to you with. I just plain and simple. But this word kept coming to me. Well, I finally went in and I asked my wife, I said, uh, is there such a word as vivacious? Vivacious. She said, yeah, it's a word. I've heard it, but I don't know if I know what it means. I said, well, I'm going to find out because it keeps coming to me. And if it keeps coming to this preacher, there's a reason for it. Woo! Glory to God. There it was right there. Vivacious. What in the world does vivacious mean? Well, I'm going to share it with you. Vivacious means lively in spirit. Mm, can somebody praise the Lord with me today? Lively in spirit also means energetic. Mm, spirited. Spirited. Having spark with enthusiasm continually and progressively. Intensifying. Vivacious. What is our worship supposed to be? It's supposed to be vivacious, right? We're supposed to be spirited progressively, continually going forward ever more so. We're supposed to be lively in the Lord, ever increasing. Amen? That's worship. Worship unto God. We are supposed to be those that are showing this world out here there are people that are praising and loving and exalting and glorifying and lifting up God. And that's called worship. And they're doing it vivaciously. Amen. With spirit, with intent. Letting their faith rise up and grow. And I believe become enormous. We're told biblically that in the parables that Jesus Himself spoke of as the small mustard seed of faith. Why did He use seed so many times? Why did He use sowing and all these things that we've heard messages on here over and over and repeatedly? Because seeds sprout. And seeds turn into something productive. And whatever it is that becomes productive from a seed continues to grow and to grow and to grow. And then guess what? It begins to bear fruit, right? Worship is to grow. Worship is to spread. Worship is to intensify. Worship is to spread fruit that further spreads seed as well. So yes, vivacious, I believe, the word given to me it should be the expression of the church and the believer today. Get energetic. Have no desire to return to the Normal, and I'm not saying that you didn't have energy before. I'm not saying that you weren't somewhat spirited before. And folks, I'm speaking to myself just like I'm speaking to you. 
This has hit me. The way we're supposed to worship God is vivaciously. With all going forth, pouring everything that we've got into it, doing and expending resources knowing that God is going to supply further. If we'll just worship Him, He'll pour so much ability back into us that we'll be able to worship Him more and more. And then He'll pour again and we'll worship Him more and more and more and more. That's the meaning, folks, of vivacious. And I'll tell you, you won't find that in your Word. You won't find that in your Bible, but you'll find all the strings that run off of it. All the things that truly define this Word are what we are to seek God in and with, with a vigor, with a vitality. There's something else that come to me this morning. But before I give you that one, I want to tell you what the opposite of vivacious is. These are the opposites. First one's dead. Dead. Inactive. Lackadaisical. Oh my goodness. What does that mean? Haphazard. Halfway in, halfway out. Could care less. Come if I want to. Come if I don't. Don't come if I don't want to. Someone used this recently, and I'm going to repeat it again. I don't remember who, or I'd give them credit. It's nothing like it needs authorship or copyright. But when we talk about worship, we need to be truthful with ourselves. We need to be the first to ask ourselves the question. Ask yourself the question I asked you earlier where am I going from here? What am I going to do from here? Am I going to be one of those that goes back to the normal, emergency's over and everything's fine and good, so I'm going to drift back where I was at before? Or have you seen something in this whole thing? Has Hopefully God has impacted you with something far different than you ever knew. Definitely far different than I believe all of us ever thought anything could happen. Am I right? See, we are a normal United States. We are a normal country that has normal prosperity, that has normal freedom, normal things going on, normal recreation, normal travel, normal stores, normal money. There's a Scripture in the Word that says you can have money, but it ain't going to do you no good. Figure that one out. See, normal people count on normal things. We as Christians should never place our trust in normal things, and we should definitely never be normal. And especially in times like this, we should be looking at every possible way to advance ourselves forward in relationship with God. And your whole relationship with God, folks, you can just put it under the great big umbrella of worship. That's where it's at. Prayerfully in five stages of prayer that was really biblically derived but brought about in line. I read a book on it once. The five stages of prayer. Guess what the first one is? Worship. Worship. Worship God when it's bad. And worship God when it's good. And worship God all in between. 
What I was going to say a moment ago, what I heard a while back is, well, I just don't feel like worshiping God. Since when did your feelings ever have anything to do with what this Word says? You tell me. I don't feel like it. I'm down today. Something happened. You may be. But I'll make you a promise and a guarantee even in your darkest time and your most aggravated situation, you forget all that and you get your focus and your mind on worshiping God and you start doing so and you start intensifying that, I'll guarantee you your problem going to become real small real quick. Because God will come in. If you're sincere about it, He'll come in and He'll help you and bless you and, and also help you to see maybe where you was wrong. He's an admonisher as well as He is a Savior. And we learn some valuable lessons through the admonishment avenue that sometimes we find ourselves in with God. We grow from it if we allow ourselves to. That's part of worship as well. That's part of worship as well. This lady in John, chapter 4, verse 21, I'm going to Read it quickly. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither, neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. You know, I really wonder sometimes what it is people think they're are, are worshiping when they think they're worshiping God. I believe we need to identify and really get a real good grasp on what it is we're really worshiping because there's a lot of things that will take the place of God and you'll never know it. And if you don't get busy trying, you'll never figure it out. I'm talking man-made things. I'm talking about things generated by, by, by man. And we get lost in those things and we think that that's, that's God and we're worshiping that when all the time. You know, there's a, a point in history in the Old Testament God said more or less, get away from me. You come with a song and you come with a sacrifice and they're tainted, just get on away from me. And I simplified that for your sakes this morning. Worship. She said, or Jesus said, continuing in verse 23, He said, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers, the true worshipers, shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Remember what I said earlier about a world that knows no truth and a world that has no understanding or concept of the Spirit of God in any way at all? Jesus is saying there's coming a day when believers are going to have the opportunity and the privilege to worship God in spirit and truth. Now look at what the latter part of that verse says, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. He seeketh such to worship Him. Those that worship in spirit and in truth. Now you couple truth, and we know what the truth is. The truth is the Word of God, absolutely. But you couple the spirit with the truth, and, and you couple the, the word that I used, vivacious, which means so many things energetic, spirited, enthusiastic, ever-increasing and ever-intensifying, couple that with this one, veracity. Vivaciousness and veracity. Have you ever heard that word before? 
Let me tell you what it means. It means conformity to the truth. Conformity to the truth. Devotion to the truth. And the power of receiving and conveying the truth. That's what veracity means. So you couple that with the other things I mentioned this morning and you go about your relationship with God and you go about worship and you go about it in spirit and in truth, the power of God coupled with your knowledge of the truth and your ability and your dedication to it, to living it, believing it, operating in it, and conveying it to others, folks, you have got worship even in trying times. I want to take you to an account in the book of Daniel. What is worship? Where are we really going from here? Further reinforces there's really not a normal when it comes to worship. Now the book of Daniel we see here, and I'm moving on, we see an instance recorded in biblical history of three Hebrew children, men, youngsters, teenagers in the third chapter of Daniel that were demanded to conform to a worldly king and a worldly system. A king that knew not God and a king that knew no truth. Nebuchadnezzar. And the decree went out that these three were to worship Him and not God. And that anyone that did not worship Him, that did not bow their knee to Him, that did not bow their knee to His system, that did not become a part of immorality and ungodliness, and that was the order in his court. The king and a nation and a people who were bogged down and living in immorality and ungodliness. And these pledged themselves to God. They had a relationship with God. They worshipped God. And they refused to do anything less or anything other. And because of it, the king had them thrown into a furnace of intense fire and heat with all expectations that they'd be consumed and incinerated. But even he himself who had witnessed their refusal to worship him and bow to him and to his worldly, immoral, ungodly system, he looks into the furnace and his question was this, I thought we threw three in there. Did we not throw three in the furnace? Then why is it that I see a fourth among them that has the likeness of the Son of the living God? And Nebuchadnezzar at that point came face to face with a reality. And he later declared 
and decreed that this nation will serve the God of Meshach, Abednego, mm. Meshach, Abednego. Folks, I'm going to close. When we dedicate ourselves to the truth, upholding the truth, being examples of the truth, when we open ourselves up to further and increasing knowledge of God's ways, the Spirit of God, our, our oper, oper, operation becomes one of, of increased worship. And that has to be generated by a desire, by the way. You have to have a desire. And I ask you this, as we stand here today on this day in April 2020, please don't have any intent or any desire to return to the normal. We've been called out of the normal. This experience that's still going on, we've been called out of the normal. Out of the comfortable, if you will. Out of the state of being satisfied. That's normal. Always be unsatisfied when it comes to reaching for more of God. Constantly reach for more of Him. Knowing that when we pour ourselves out for God and we give Him all we've got and we do that in the truth of His Word and we proclaim it and we live it. Another V word. We will see victory. Praise the Lord. God bless you this morning. Hope this has touched you. We're going to dismiss in prayer. I'm going to ask uh, Brother Jesse, if he will, this morning to come and, and pray the dismissal prayer. But again, take this with you and absorb it. Ask yourself these questions. Consider yourself, just for the sake of all this, just go ahead and consider yourself as the way you were before. Consider that as normal, okay? Consider that as normal. You going to return to normal? Or are you going to proceed on? I'll leave you with that question this morning. Brother Jesse. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for our, our wonderful pastor. We thank you for our congregation. We just we just thank you, Father, that we're not normal. That Father, and we just pray that the fear stay out. You didn't give us a, a heart of fear. Father, and we just pray that you be with us. There's going to be great testimonies through all this. We just pray that you be with us, watch over us, guide us, direct us, and bring us all back here Sunday morning. And a reminder that we're all going to be for Wednesday night for Tanner. And Father, we just give you all the honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Have a great day. And we will see you next Sunday. We'll be getting you uh, information out. We'll get it to you, everybody, what's going on as far as next Sunday service. So God bless you. Have a great day. Love you in Jesus' name.